Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath May 14th, we look at Lesson 7, The Covenant with Abraham. Together, let's look at the Abrahamic Covenant and how it affects us today. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are, Lesson 7, The Covenant with Abraham. And our memory text comes from Genesis 15, verse 2, New King James Version. But Abram said, Lord, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Yeah, so here we are. I feel like we're deja vu with uh, the whole quarter that we had on the covenants, right? Right. And uh, just as a reminder, I think, of God's everlasting covenant. But here we have an interest, interesting uh, chapter in that story here with this week's lesson. Yes, O ye of little faith, right? <laughs> <laughs> and yet became one of the heroes of our faith. So let's hear about it, uh, Michael. All right. The faith of Abraham. Indeed. So Genesis 15, uh, verses 1 through 21. I'm not going to take the time to read this, but I encourage you to, to read this uh, as you have an opportunity. Right. And uh, it's the 21 verses here, uh, quite, a, quite a section. But to summarize it very briefly is that uh, Abram, it says he actually had a vision but he lays down uh, to sleep and that he has this sort of uh, this deep sleep and uh, God speaks to him and they ha- he has a sacrifice, right? So, right. Uh, and in the midst of this sacrifice um, uh, and, and the sleep that God speaks to him uh, and he says in verse 13, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country, not their own, and that they will be enslaved and mistreated there. So we have this prophecy of God, uh, of Abraham's uh, progeny and what is going to happen to them. Basically, this Egyptian wilderness experience that will uh, eventually and that there will be redemption, that they will return to the land, that the promise that God has given uh, through Abram will be fulfilled. And so there's a description of the land and where exactly that's going to be, all these details, but it's a reminder of Abraham's faith. And the, the other text that it draws our attention to is uh, Romans chapter 4, mm-hmm. uh, verses 3 and 4 and 9 and 22. Uh, and it says, Abram believed God and it was credited to him uh, for righteousness. Um, and of course, you can read on about the circumcision and some of these other kinds of things. And then verse 22, it was credited to him as righteousness. Mm. So uh, here's this uh, key line that is there. And what's important to remember is this covenant, but that Abram or Abraham, as he becomes eventually to be known, uh, has uh, faith. He has faith in the promise and that he chooses to believe. And once again, this is not like some kind of uh, some kind of magic or anything like that. All it is is just simply trusting in the promise of God. That God will do what he says he will do and he'll carry out and fulfill his promise. And that's really um, what is at stake here. God's word 
um, manifested through the promise, through the people, and the people are important and the land are important only so much as the promised Savior who right. will come through that, right? So so all of this is connected as part of God's everlasting plan of salvation <laughs> for each and every one of us. It's really not that complicated. It's no. In fact, if anything, it's it's uh, incredibly simple, yet so so profound. And pointed, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yet there's some, uh, he has some doubts, Buster. Right. Talk to us about those doubts. So this this is uh, the portion Genesis 16, mm. uh, 1 through 16 is the entire chapter, but mm-hmm. it talks, and so I definitely won't read it all to you, but mm-hmm. but hopefully the audience knows the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah and and Abram, they, they uh, understand God's promise to them, but they say, this is not going to happen. We're too old. Yeah. And so Sarah goes to Abram and says, hey, yeah. lay with my maiden and have mm. a son and it'll, yeah. we'll make it happen that way. Have and mercy. the principal contributor, uh, Dr. Dugan, brings up in here, note mm-hmm. that God is absent during the whole course of this action. Ooh. And that Sarah, it wow. makes this connection as well, yeah. is uh, p- active in this matter. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, like, sort of like Eve yeah. and uh, Abram is passive in this, sort of like Adam. And so you kind of see this happening once again. And notice that they don't confer with God, right? Wow. A simple wow. God, should we do this? Yeah. Would have sufficed and God would have been like, wait and be patient. But instead, they chose to do their own action. Well, you know, Buster, I just wonder how many times we get ourselves in trouble because we don't actually take time to listen to God. And we have a great idea. And we just try to do it all on our own right. and, and then only to have it kind of flop on our, in front of us. Yeah. You know, and Michael, I love that you said, listen, yeah. right? Because some, several people don't even ask, mm-hmm. but just because you ask doesn't mean you're listening, mm-hmm. right? So you need both to yeah. come together. Exactly. And uh, it says here, even despite God's promise to him, it says, how do the two women represent two attitudes of faith? Wow. Right. And so Romans gets into, or Galatians gets into a little bit, mm-hmm. talking about the free woman and the yeah. bond woman. Yeah. And and we are children of the free woman, not the bond woman. Yeah. And, you know, here is where I will sympathize a bit <laughs> with uh, Hagar yeah. uh, because, you know, I believe in a lot of ways she she uh, she has some choice in this. Yeah. But at the same time, she was she was uh, mankind chose to involve her in this. Mm. This is what I'll put. This is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I think that sometimes we, we look at her and we cast her off. But. I don't think it's time to cast her off. I think it's time for us to look in the mirror and look at ourselves mm-hmm. and say, what people have we caused? Mm. Uh, because when sin comes about or whatever it might be, yeah. oftentimes it does just in, in, include us ourselves. Yeah. It affects other people. Mm-hmm. It affected Ishmael, right? Who oh, yeah. grew up without a father. Consequences. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But we also see God's mercy in the midst of this, mm. telling her that he's going to be with her and mm-hmm. he, and he's not going to allow her to just be cast to the wayside. Yeah. Um, I... I I see this here in Genesis 16, verse 11. Uh, oh, actually, verse uh, 10 as well. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly yeah. so that they shall not be counted uh, So they, they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, yeah. Behold, you are with child and, and you shall bear a son. Mm-hmm. Call his name Ishmael because the Lord has heard your affliction. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so God honored her even in the midst of, in the midst of all this as yeah. well. And so uh, let's let's uh, continue to remember that, but also remember that when we have doubts, mm-hmm. go to God with those doubts. Mm-hmm. Don't try to figure out on your own. Yes, he's given us a mind for reasoning, yeah. but the best reasoning ability we have is utilizing the wisdom that God has given to us mm-hmm. and asking mm-hmm. him for even more wisdom as we move forward. Well, so, Michael, I was going to say, tell us about the sign of the, uh, of the covenant. 
Yeah, so here we have kind of the the rest of the story, right? So here uh, unfolding before us is this whole thing about circumcision. There's a lot of question about uh, what exactly this is. And uh, really, you have to come back to this whole theme of covenant, right? So right. Uh, first thing that you notice is Abram's name uh, changes, right? So Abram becomes Abraham, uh, which is a reminder of not only is he called, but you will be the father of many nations. nations. In fact, I like verse six, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. Uh, so... Um, I don't know. This is totally on a tangent, but this reminds me of Ellen White one time. (laughs) (laughs) There was a guy who had a whole bunch of children in early Adventism. Ellen White references this passage, says, uh, God didn't count on you to do all by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's a complete tangent. has no edifying value. So maybe social responsibility. I don't know. Uh, Sorry. Uh, But but there we are. Um, But at this point, it's, it's crucial. The future the progeny uh, the land all of these things are part of this and verse 7 I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. So uh, here we have this reminder. Again, um, there's not the separation of the covenants. This is all part of an everlasting covenant, which is a theme that we've explored in some depth in the past with the previous Sabbath school lesson. And uh, here we have it reminded, uh, reminding Abram or Abraham now And uh, verse 11 talks about uh, this idea of circumcision, circumcision. And it says, it will be the sign of the covenant between me Uh, and you for the generations uh to come. Uh, And so on. It has a description of that. Um, And so, again, what, what, what is God trying to do? Well, God's trying to get Abraham's attention, saying, hey, um, I want you and I, you know, I want, I want, I, I want all of you. And so this is a tangible way within their culture, within their uh, society at that time that they could be able to express uh, that, that covenant um, doing and, and, and asking what um, God um, had reminded them. And, and the lesson does a good job uh, also pointing out that circumcision as, as uh, you know, uh, all that that entails and includes the shedding of blood, which is, again, kind of a reminder of the shedding blood. So this is kind of allusion or reference to sacrifice, the sacrificial system, the blood of Christ, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a kind of way. Uh, a lot of these are symbols in, in, in some kind of way that yes. uh, they remind us of who Jesus is and his sacrifice. So even here in the Old Testament and even I know some people like say, well, that's just Old Covenant and everything else like that. It's done away with. Yeah. Right? These are reminders. It was uh, meant to be symbols that pointed forward to something significant. And Christ is at the center of all of this. Sacrifice is at the center of all of this. And then, of course, the lesson points to Romans chapter 4, verse 11. He received, that's, that's Abraham, the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. But the purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised so that the righteous would be counted <laughs> excuse me bless you so that the righteous would be counted to them as well so again uh this this is um, a, a, an adventure of faith 
It is. And God is working through the experience of Abraham, uh, what we like to in the classroom call teachable moments, (laughs) teachable moments to uh, try to remind Abraham and his descendants of something very significant uh, as part of the plan of salvation. So, and that kind of leads us naturally to the, the segue to Wednesday's lesson, which is the son of promise buster. Yeah. So this is Genesis 18, uh, one through 15. And uh, there's these foreigners that come and when they come, it says that uh, Abraham, he goes ahead and he like really takes care of them. Mm-hmm. He goes out of his way. He has no idea who they are, but he notices that they're hungry, that they're thirsty, and he mm-hmm. feeds them. He uh, takes care of them. And in doing all this, uh, it says here, verse six, so Abraham hurried into the tent uh, to Sarah and said, quickly make these measures of fine meal needed and make cakes, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes above and beyond. And as he's doing this, uh, verse nine, mm-hmm. then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he says, here in the tent, he says, I will certainly return to you to the time, uh, to the time of life. And behold, yeah. Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Mm-hmm. And Sarah, who was listening at the uh, door of the tent yeah. that was behind him, what does she begin to do? Well, she laughs. Mm. It says, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. Wow saying, am I too old to have a son? <laughs> and this is when uh, the Lord confronts her, right? Uh, it's almost like a smirk there. Right. And it says, uh, is there anything too hard for the Lord? At that mm. point in time, I'll return to you according to the time you have a son. And Sarah denied it. says, I did not laugh. For uh, she was also afraid. And he says, no, but you did laugh. <laughs> and that's how we know it's God. <laughs> you get in trouble there. <laughs> she was in the tent. How does he know that she laughed? Well, because he's God, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but but with all this, it asks this question. And it's, it's a different type of question. It says, well, first, what uh, lesson from hospitality can we learn? Of course, we can learn to really look after Matthew 25, 40. Mm-hmm. When you've done it on the least of these, my brethren, you've mm-hmm. done it unto me. Uh, The lesson brings out this point continually saying that God identified more with the hungry uh, foreigner than he did with the generous person taking care of him. Right. Wow. And so we can take note of that and Mm -hmm. just remember we serve God and serving others. We truly do. But uh, then it goes on and asks this question. It says, uh, how do you explain God's uh, response to Abraham's hospitality? Well, he accepted it. He loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, he says, this reminds me of how uh, uh, you're worthy of mm-hmm. the blessing I gave you. Mm-hmm. I know your character. I know your heart. Mm-hmm. But you've proven it once again. Faith mm-hmm. without works is dead. Right. So I know you have faith. And now I see the works that accompany your faith. It's not your works that's saving you or that's the reason why you have the promise. It's your works that reminds me why I gave you the promise in the first place. Beautiful. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so with that being said, Michael, tell us a little bit about Lot and Sodom. Yeah. So, boy, this is kind of the... Uh, sad part of the story, right? Right. And uh, here you have Sodom and Gomorrah, and of course Lot is in Sodom and in this very dangerous place. And of course we recall in, I think it was last week's lesson, where we talked about 
uh, this sort of, hey, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right, and if you go right. to the right, I'll go to the left. Well, uh, a lot, of course, chose the more verdant and, and mm-hmm. the, the nicer-looking area. And, of course, that lends itself down to the, the, to the valley where Sodom and Gomorrah were, these beautiful cities where there was wealth and affluence. And it's not, not very difficult and not very long before Lot and his family are living right there in Sodom. And, right. of course, uh, Sodom being very wicked and evil, the Bible's very clear and abundant about this in Genesis and and actually in other references because uh, there'll be symbolic references of 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 Sodom and Gomorrah you know at the so. end of time being like Sodom and Gomorrah so so whatever it was it was pretty bad and and at one point uh, here we have the story where uh, here we have um, uh, the angels uh, come and uh, and and they begin, or Abraham has basically this this conversation, right? Right. And uh, recognizing that the destruction of Sodom is imminent, and uh, Abraham talks uh, to the man from the before the Lord, "Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked?" He's worried about his his relative. He's mm. worried about law. He's worried about his family. Yes. And and I love this. This has got to be one of those beautiful stories because. Uh, here he is interceding on behalf of the lives of others. Right. You know, will you wipe away the city for, for 50 righteous people? And then he keeps working his way down, <laughs> uh, hoping and pleading that God will uh, not destroy the city. And of course, uh, at the end of the story, at the end of chapter 19, it becomes very clear that that uh, there there is no redemption. There is no saving. They have passed the pale. Right. Um, and that, of course, uh, God knows Abraham's heart and sends angels to intervene, divinely intervene and save them. Uh, it's a it's a traumatic story. It's a it's a crazy story. So, it's a strange one of the strangest, strangest stories, stories, right? You know, I mean, lots send wife. out those angels. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of these proverbial children's stories, right? Yes, that, yes. You know, don't be like Lot's wife yes. and like the salt. And I remember, I think it was my kids that were asking, "Well, what happened to her after that?" You know, melted away the dog's liquor. You know, yeah, the, the the salt lick for the deer, right? Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> no. I mean, it's just it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. <laughs> and yet, here's the story. Um, and yet God works inter and intervenes uh, to save them if they're willing to be saved. Uh, but I love this. I think that's part of what evangelism is at its core. Hmm. And Buster, this is, I know this is your wheelhouse is, is just having this passion for sharing Jesus, right? Right. And training other people to do that. But I, I think it starts out of a love for other people. It has to be. And, and he's more worried about their salvation than he is even about his own. He's like, yeah. what can I do? Can you, is there any way to save them? You know, this is the this passage is actually one of my hardest times of my first district in pastoral wow. ministry. This yeah. passage got me through in my own studies. Is that right? Of recognizing that yeah. he had really no connection with these people, wow. right? Yeah. And he's saying, "Lord, save them!" Like he's pleading yeah. on their behalf. Yeah. And yeah. I just recently read uh, about uh, uh, Knox there in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lord, give me Scotland, lest I die. Right? Ooh, that's a good comparison. Exactly. And I made the correlation. I was mm-hmm. like, man. These are men that had such a heart for wow. people wow. that they didn't really know, but they just yeah. cared so much about wow. that they're willing to say, "I'll, I'll, I'll give my own, my own uh, desires in life, yeah. so that I, so others will get to know you, Beautiful. right?" Beautiful. And uh, I think that's the heart of every pastor, but I think it should be at the heart of every believer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, man, thank, thank you, Michael, for for bringing that correlation up. 
Well, you know, I, this is just, it's so beautiful to see the heart of God when it works in and through, uh, in, in this case, the life of Abraham, you just see this selfless spirit. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just love that it inspires me. It challenges me. And I think, I hope it challenges uh, each and every one of us. Well, I think we covered the covenant with Abraham. Anything else you can think of, Buster? No, I, th- I think we covered it. So, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners, you know, uh, as you continue studying the lesson, uh, be thinking of ways. I, I realize a lot of people look at this, some of these stories, but these stories have meaning. And, and ask yourself, uh, you know, how might these stories challenge me in my own Christian walk? Is there someone in my life that I need to pray a prayer of intercession for? Yes. You know, yeah, I, I uh, agree completely. And it could be that the person you work with or a family member or someone you don't even know very well mm-hmm. that's in the their proverbial Sodom, but that God uh, may be working through you to intercede on their behalf. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think that's it for another week. This is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.